0: Thank you. This morning let's praise the Lord.
1: Mm, yeah. Amen. Well, is he all you need this morning? Amen. He's all we'll ever need. Well, welcome. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us today. If this morning's prayer service that we had at 7 o'clock is any indication of what God's going to do today, I'm telling you, we're in for something. Because his presence was here this morning. It fell all over the sanctuary. And those of us that were here praying this morning, we felt it. And he's up to something here at Stratford Heights, and we're excited to be part of it. Amen, amen. Let's give him some praise this morning. We're excited to see how this service, this early service is growing. Some of you are starting to realize it's not so bad to get up early in the morning. (laughs) And the other ones are going to realize that real soon. And we're thankful that you're here with us. And Pastor, I got to tell you that that message last week, Healthy Things Grow, has been on my mind all week. Because it's so true. I mean... If we're healthy, if we're healthy in our relationship with God and we're, we're healthy in our relationship with each other, we're going to grow. God's going to take us to places we never thought we could get to. So it's all about healthy things growing in him. Amen? Well, with that being said, let's get out this morning. Let's look each other in the face, tell each other that we love each other, and welcome to church.
2: Shipping. I can't hardly get around everybody So all the people I didn't get to Hello, how are you? Good to see you this morning You know, I used to pride myself that at the 8.30 service I would get up I would get across and go from one side to the other And I would shake every person's hand I'm just in this habit And so I'm flying across here trying to get this done And I only get about halfway Brother Pitts, how are you doing? Good to see you this morning Sister Linda, good to see you but it is good to see. Turn around and look at somebody and tell them how great it is to see them this morning. You just compliment them. Amen, amen. Good to see Sister Dottie Warren back in church this morning. Brother Warren doing well. We're praying for him. Have been keeping him on our hearts and uh, in our thoughts and prayers, and just so good to see you. you. You let him know his church loves him, and he's praying. we're praying for him to get back. Amen? Amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. I want to reiterate what Brian talked about concerning the presence of God in our morning prayer time. So thankful for Esperanza who comes every Sunday morning but can I just say something about that I think that Brian would appreciate Pastor Brian would appreciate this it's not just for Esperanza it's for Christians who want to come and it starts at what time at 7 o'clock if you want to come to early morning prayer on Sunday mornings come here at 7 o'clock the sanctuary is already filled with people who are praying at that time and you're certainly welcome they come every Sunday and they fill this house with prayers, petition and praise so that by the time we get here it's nice and warmed up and ready. The atmosphere's been set. How many of you know the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people? So God makes and sets up his place, his kingdom in the midst of us when we worship and praise him. Our ushers are coming and as they come to, to serve you this morning, I, I do want to we want to continue to pray for several families. We had three funeral celebrations of life this week, and we want to continue to remember those families that, that need God's comfort and strength. Sister Olima highly passed away in her family that we had their service, and we want to pray for Marsha and Ray Smith. We want to continue to remember all of the Kelly family. Yesterday, Sister Judy Abner went on to be with the Lord, she went on to be with the Lord, but we had her celebration of life yesterday. And we're praying for all of them and their family. So many of you that need God to touch you in your life. How many would say, I have a need, Pastor, in my life. And I want God to meet that need. Amen. Got word this morning. I haven't actually seen the report. But I got a word from a brother that the Titus Avenue, First Church of God, had a fire this morning. I didn't know that. So we want to pray for this congregation. Um, They've had to move their congregation out and over to uh, one of their sister churches there. Uh, The Post Town, First Church of God, so we want to pray for them. How many of you know we are all in the body of Christ together, and they're part of us? So we want to pray over them today and pray that God be with them, bless them, and favor them. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we bring each of these needs, the families that need comfort and strength. We pray, God, for your grace and your love, your presence to be with them. And God, we pray that you would touch each of the hands that were represented and lifted up today that express need, petition, prayer, and praise. God, we ask your work to be accomplished in their lives. And Lord, we're praying for very special needs in our congregation. I see a couple here today that that we're really, we're praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for you to do a mighty work. I just pray that you'll keep your hand on those needs and touch them today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that your grace and love would be with the Titus Avenue Church, that your hand would rest on their leaders, their congregation. Lord, in the loss of of, uh, their congregation, the the church house in fire. Lord, I just don't know the report, but you do, and you know all the details. Lord, you just touch them, prepare a path, and help them in their recovery process. We pray over them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're praying for the state of Israel, as we acknowledge in the middle of our service Lord, your desire that they be blessed and that for the peace of Jerusalem, we continue to seek and praise and pray over her and seek her good. You've told us over and over again in your word that we are blessed as we seek the good of Israel. So Lord, we pray for this and we, Lord, we ask for peace. And we ask for grace in our country. Lord, in the midst of celebrations and yet protests, we ask you to touch our cities. Touch our people, let them have a sense of peace. Lord, there's been such a divide for so long. We're praying that your grace, your love, would just touch every heart and every life. All of those who are hurting, Lord, they all feel justified. I just pray that you would calm them with your peace this morning. So we pray over our country, asking your blessings to be upon all of our leaders, all of our states, and all of our people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask this and pray. As we now ask you, Lord, to bless the offering, we praise you and thank you for missionaries around the world that God we bless and we touch with our offering. I thank you for those who've come and are ready to pay their tithe this morning in direct obedience to your word. Your word declares that Lord, as we give, you give back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I thank you, Father, for the, the wonderful way you bless your people. We are blessed this morning and Lord, we bless you. We bless the work. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray. Amen.
0: This is what we should be doing this morning. Chasing after you. I'm so hungry for your presence. I come before your throne and lay all my burdens down. You said you'd never leave, so I take you at your price. My life is in your hands. Lord, I give you all I am. presence. I come before your throne and lay all my burdens down. You said you'd never leave me. (laughs) So I take you at your promise. My life is in your hands. Lord, I give you all I am and I There must be more, now speak, there must be more, rain down, rain down more. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, sing to you as men this morning. Great are you, As for me and my house, Lord, I will serve the Lord. Sing it one more time, guys.
1: Great
0: are you, Lord. Ladies, I want you to sing. It's your breath in my love, so I pour out my praise. It's your breath in my love, so we pour out our praise to you only. You are great, Lord. You are great, Lord. Mm, with Your breath, Lord, <laughs> I want to worship You this morning, Lord. We praise You tonight. You are an awesome, God. I love You, Lord.
1: take
3: It comes.
2: You to stand with me if you would. I've had the Lord to deal with me this morning while we're in this service. You know, we're in this series Healthy Things Grow. God is setting us on a new foundation and touching our church. And I believe the Lord is moving if you weren't. Able to be with us this last Sunday night. The Lord moved in a miraculous and mighty way in here. Preached on prayer and fasting. The Lord gave a direct word that there would be spiritual breakthrough power. When his people come together. And worship and prayer together with fasting. And boy we saw some mighty things happen in that service. And we've heard testimony of things that have taken place. and. At the same time, while there is a move of God, there is revival. There is an uproar against the work of God. If you're watching the television these days, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I saw as yesterday and hurt my heart. I'm just, I'm hurt over it. The people screaming profanities and such wickedness everywhere people angry and mad and bitter so angry violently angry and i'm looking and i'm i'm seeing that while there is a move of god and we had had 10 people saved monday night people saved last sunday they had more saved at the jail last weekend, 20 some people saved there. I mean, God's moving. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. This last Wednesday night, I had a great, wonderful service, a move of God in this sanctuary. God is moving. Brian sent me some beautiful praise and worship. It was taking place at a house this week with Esperanza, some members of Esperanza, and they were worshiping, and it was beautiful. <clears throat> God is moving, but let me tell you, we are in perilous times, and the world is cr- screaming, they're crying, I almost get a sense, and I've had a picture, Sister Betty, of what it, would have, what it would have been like for Aaron as he stood when Moses was up on the mountain, and the people were crying out to Aaron, so much so that the pressure was so bad, he collected all their gold and created for them a God of, a calf, the Golden Calf, making for them a God that was manageable. The world is crying out for a God that fits my desires, my will, my, my flesh, my wants, and all the things that I believe in, and everybody believes something different. Absolute truth has been thrown out the window, and the world is crying out for respect, for immorality, for perversion, For violence. It's unbelievable where we are as a... I'm not talking politics this morning. I'm talking about people. They're asking for a golden calf. You know what the golden calf represented? It represented Aaron giving the people, the mass of the people crying out, giving them a God they wanted. A God they could manage. A God they could tell what to do. When Aaron presented the golden calf, some of the most hurtful words in the scripture, Brother Jay, was when Aaron said, Here, I present to you this golden calf. This is Jehovah. And if you read on, it says, The God who delivered you out of Israel. What an indictment against the people. Give me a religion. Give me a God I can manage. And I say, Lord, what do we do? Lord, what do we do? And he took me to Mount Carmel. When Elijah looked at the world, Looked at the people dancing, cutting themselves and screaming, crying aloud out to the God of Baal. The whole country had gone crazy after false religion and false ideas of God. And Elijah called him in close. And he said, you call on your God and I'll call on mine. they began to dance, and they began to cut themselves, and they began to scream and holler, violently calling on their God. And Elijah stood back and waited until they had exhausted every means. And it says in the scripture, in 1 Kings 18, it says, and they took the bullock which they had given them the prophets of Baal and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon saying oh baal hear us but there was no voice how many of you know there is no voice to the god that these people are screaming for that they're killing for that they're violent for there is no voice says and it came to pass at noon that Elijah began to step up. He said, "Maybe your god has gone on vacation. Maybe he's having lunch." And says they screamed out and cried out all the more, protesting. Then he told them to come in near And he prayed this prayer, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the word says, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the Lord. He is the Lord, he is God. And in that moment, I read that scripture again and I said, God, that's what we've got to do. We've got to turn our focus once again back to the heavens and cry out for a God who will answer back, a God who does have a voice, a God who will perform mighty acts and miraculous power in this earth are you ready before we go any further this is not my message god gave me this as we were worshiping today and i'm thinking and my heart is grieved over what's happening out there in the world i'm telling you the most important thing this church needs to do on this sunday morning is put aside all agendas all political opinions all ideas and philosophies and putting away your idea of god and once again Get back to standing flat-footed before the throne room of grace and call on the God with fire, the God who answers with fire, the God who answers with power, that God. How many of you know who he is? How many of you know who I'm talking about this morning? With the other hand up in the air, would you begin to call out on the fire of God, the power of God, so that this world will know that he is Jehovah. He is the creator. He is God and there is no other voice. Father, we call on you this morning. Our country needs you. Our people need you, Lord. I pray that the power of God would be manifested. Lord, we need to see your power. We need to hear your voice. This world needs to bow in submission to the one and only omnipotent creator, They need to understand, as you told the disciples, you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by you. I pray right now, Lord, that you would use us to shine as lights to this country, to our city, to our people, to our families, and, Lord, to even all of those around us who are confused. Let them see the light of God in us, the power of God in us, so that they will declare that you are God. That you are God. Lord, we don't want a God we can manage and control. A God that, that is easily placed on a, on, a, on a cart and put in front of a Congress. Or put in front of a people. A God we can dance around and manage to our own desires and wants. But Lord, we submit ourselves to you As the prophet spoke in the word in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Would you, in one voice this morning, pray for God to heal the land that we live in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we honor you this morning and we thank you. And we believe you've heard us, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. not a jealous God. I will have no other gods before me. Look unto me, my people, my children, and I will empower you to be a light and a witness to this community. I have much work to do through you, but I need your surrender. I will prove myself to you, says the Lord. I will come down in great power. I will come in great might And I will bring deliverance and release for my people. And I will save to the uttermost, but you must be my vessel of honor. Look unto me, submit unto me, deny yourself and be filled with my spirit, says the Lord. And I will use you mightily in these last hours, says the Lord. worship you this morning, Lord. Would you right now in fresh dedication to God before him as this message and interpretation of tongues has been expressed in our church, the gift of the Spirit in operation, would you just lift up your hands now and do what the Holy Spirit says? Would you dedicate, rededicate yourself, commit yourself and surrender to the will and the work of God in this earth? He says he will use us Says he will empower us, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, we deny ourselves, Lord. We come to you this morning. Our one desire is to be, Lord, what you've called the body of Christ to be. You said we'd be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, that we're salt and we're light to this world, Lord. We desire this morning, to be empowered by your Holy Ghost. Fill us. Fill us with your Spirit. And touch your people this morning, we pray in the name of Jesus. No more game playing. No more half in and half out. No more lukewarm Christianity. God, touch us by your Spirit. It's been the lukewarmness of the church that has brought much confusion to this world. God set us on fire this morning. Help us, Lord, in our dedication and commitment to you. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise and honor and glory in this house. While you're standing, if you would, turn in your scripture to Luke chapter 23. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Let it rain. Let it. gates of heaven
2: let it rain not a form of godliness but power lord we're done with a form of godliness we're done with religion we're done god with just a set order of how things ought to be lord mess us up this morning mess us up this morning god We come to the mountain of the Lord, and we ask you, Father, touch our lives, touch our minds. Refresh and revive your people today. Revive your people. Send a fresh fire of your Holy Spirit. God, not one of religion, I'm telling you. Religion has killed people. Religion has destroyed faith. But the power of Almighty God it's never done anything but bring dead things alive. We honor you today, Jesus. The Lord is the Lord is here in this house this morning. You believe that? Say amen. Luke 23 and 32. There were also two others, criminals. Led with him, Jesus, to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand, and the other on the left. If you would jump down to verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us but the other answering rebuked him saying do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same condemnation you're gonna die do you not even fear God he says and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds but this man done nothing wrong then he said to Jesus Lord Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus said to him assuredly absolutely I say to you Today, Whew. today you will be with me in paradise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Challenge us in the next few moments, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, by your spirit. Amen. You can be seated. The story of the thief on the cross is... One of the most beautiful examples in the scriptures of saving faith. Saving faith. It screams to us in this chaotic, twisted, evil world something very loud and clear. It says, it's never too late to turn to Christ. Can I say that again so you'd hear it? It's never too late to turn to Christ. Those folks you're praying for, Love loved ones that need the Lord this morning, it's never too late to turn to Christ. The worst sinners and most impossible of situations can be transformed in a moment. Anyone can be saved. I'm sure that when the Roman soldier was positioning the crosses on the day of the crucifixion, sure, he had no idea the strategy and the appointment, the destination the destiny that he was setting up for those three folks that would be crucified that day. For him, it was probably just another work day. But when he stationed one here and one over here and one over there, however the cross was made, you've seen all kinds of different configurations. You've seen all kinds of different uh, carpentry and how it was put together it doesn't really matter because what matters is the Bible says one was on the left and one was on the right. But when that was put together like that, that guy had no clue that he was setting up for someone's salvation, that something was, he was actually, his steps were being ordered, his hands were being directed, he was literally moving in the power of God even if he didn't know it. What a statement of love. What a statement of theology. What a picture of the salvation and mission of Christ. To know just, just that one story. We already know that Christ died for the sins of the world. But isn't it amazing that on, in the very act of crucifixion, there was, the mission was beginning. The rescue would begin and would start right there at the crucifixion. And that at his very physical death, there would be one, one already that had been saved and one to the glory of God's mission on, on the earth. Three men died that day. Three men died that day, one on either side, outside of the walls of Jerusalem at the place called Golgotha. Those two men, one rejecting the Lord and one accepting the Lord, that is the entirety of the representation of the mission of Christ in the world. It shows the world in a great picture, the theology of what the mission and the rescue of Christ was all about. But it shows something else. If you will look very closely, it shows something to us about the mercy and the grace of God, the unconditional love of God. It shows God's love is unconditional. Now what that truly means, and I've spoken many times before it means that God will not love you more or any less now today than he ever has since the very day that you were ever born God loves you we sometimes get it in our head that we've been so bad or we've made so many bad choices or we've walked such a rebellious life that that God don't love us like he did in the beginning but that's Not unconditional love. You see, unconditional love means that God loves you today in all your badness and in all your wrong choices. He loves you exactly like he did the day he placed you in your parents' arms. Doesn't that make you want to stop for about 15, 20 minutes and just shout your shoe heels off? He loves you. He loves us. He's one step ahead of every one of us because you see the Bible's clear to point out and we read in John chapter 14 that no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. Nobody comes to God except the Lord has already been one step ahead of him. You didn't make a good choice. You didn't change your mind. The Holy Spirit drew you. The Holy Spirit worked on your life. And as the Holy Spirit works on your life and my life, We are drawn together to God. We are drawn into health. It's not your goodness. There are no works you can do to be good. You can be holy in and of yourself. Even the very righteousness you have in your life is Jesus' righteousness that has been imputed to you, given to you. There is nothing good about you. Sorry. I mean, you look nice and you look very religious, but you are not holy in and of yourself. Impossible. So step down. Step down. Realize that the mercy and the grace of Almighty God, that is where the power is that changes lives. That's where the power is. That's why all through scripture we read about great men and women of God who were humble and broken before God, a broken and contrite heart before God was David who had a heart after God. It was the brokenness in him that had is what had uh, the description over his life of being. A God, a man after God's heart. It was the brokenness in him. It was the contriteness in him. It was the understanding that he was not all that. That he had nothing in his own step that would be considered holy or righteous. But it was God's power in him. Do you remember how the Lord was one step ahead of you? That you were in the right place at the right time when God saved you? Don't you remember how he worked things out, how he established you and how he he got your attention? Don't you remember all the people that were in place? Do you remember the sermon the night you were saved? Do you remember how God touched your life? Do you remember how he ordered your steps? Do you remember? God is one step ahead of every sinner. He's one step ahead of every person who will ever come to Christ. Part of the healthy things grow Mentality. The Lord has been taking us down a a completely different path than I actually thought he would. I thought I would preach four messages. I thought I would preach a message on the word, a a message on fasting, a a message on praying, and a message on serving. I I thought it would be a cute little four-week series, and I would be done, and it would be great, and we would move on and grow from there. But every week he is changing me. He's changing everything about, I don't know how long this is going to last. It may not ever end. It may be the longest series you've ever heard in the history of the church. I just may keep preaching it. Because the idea is God is wanting us as a church to become healthy. Healthy. He doesn't like, I don't think, that where, not this church in particular, but where the church is worldwide, the body of Christ. I, I don't think he likes the, the foundation that we've been standing on, and he's kind of knocking us out, our foundation, so he can rebuild and plant us on a good, solid, truthful foundation of his word and his life. He's establishing us. Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 been the mission, the the vision of my own heart and life as a minister for 28 years. Paul writing, said, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Then he ends it saying, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. Last Sunday night, supernatural breakthrough power, wonderful service. This message this morning was birthed out of a cemetery this week, had three funeral services this last week. I was over a Woodside Cemetery and we were getting ready to uh, to walk up the procession up to the tent where the grave would be for one of our sisters. And one of the guys from the cemetery was standing there talking to the undertaker. And he said these words, he said, you know, Latest statistics are that there are more people in Woodside Cemetery than there are living in Middletown. And I heard him, and I said, what? What do you mean there's more people in Woodside Cemetery than there is living in Middletown? And I heard what he said, I shared it with Richard, and I was like, how many, what's the population in Middletown? He said, well, somewhere around 50,000. I said, there can't be 50,000 people. In Woodside Cemetery? Are you serious? So, of course, I went on my fact checking, and I went looking. In 2013, there were 48,600 people in the city of Middletown. At last check, Philip, there are, there are 39,000 burials at Woodside with over, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 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 with 10,000 cremations, making 50,000, meaning there's 2,000 more people at Woodside than there is living in the city limits of Middletown. And I thought, well, that is a strange and interesting, trivial fact. (laughs) Until the Lord spoke to me and said, what do you think of that? And I was like, it this kind of blows my mind. The Lord said, it's true. And this was before I got home to check it out. I'm in the car driving, and the Lord is having this conversation with me in my mind. He says, you know, it's true. I said, well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to get on Google. (laughs) The Lord spoke to my heart again, and he said, "It's, it's true, and I'm grieved. He said, there are more dead people walking around Middletown than there are ones that are alive. he spoke to me and he said, I want to send revival. He said, there are more dead walking in Middletown than there are alive people, living people. He said, I want to do a great work. And I cried and I repented. I said, God, what can we do better? What can we do Begin to show me this message today he says I'm wanting to save I'm wanting to save he said but the people the people have got to be my representatives they've got to be my witness they've got to let me work in them they've got to let me be in charge I said God establish us help us Grow us. Make us healthy, Lord, as a church. I remember when David came fresh out of Pentecost, David, the guy who cut the ear off, David, the guy who was so brash and always saying the wrong thing, denied that he knew the Lord. But David, after Pentecost, had become so bold and empowered by the Spirit of God that he stood up on a rock after Pentecost. He came down when the whole city was laughing and joking, saying, all these men are drunk. Look at them all, drunk coming out of that building. And David stood up and said, these men are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's just the third hour of the day. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, who said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he began to preach the gospel to them. The Bible says thousands were saved from his message The anointing of God, the empowerment of God was upon him because he had experienced something supernatural on the inside of his heart and life. God is wanting to send a message of love to the world. They don't need to march on Washington. They don't need to protest in the streets. God is trying to send his love and trying to send an answer to the world. The Christians have got to be the voice. We're the body of Christ. The body of Christ is weak. The body of Christ, it only took one Elijah to stand up on Mount Carmel, took one. And all the hundreds of prophets of Baal were killed after their God had failed to have a voice. Because one man stood up. What would happen today if we will get a hold of the truth of God's word and allow him to establish us, root us, and ground us in the word to know the love, the length, the width, the height, the depth of his love and to be established in him. What kind of transformation should be happening in the city of Middletown? I'm telling you, I'm trying to challenge us to something that we, we have got to, we've got we got to see the big picture of. I'm talking about a challenge that will cause us to stop fighting in the church and stop being divided in the church and will unify us to a place where we will be one voice and one mighty army moving towards the work that God has for us in the city, one that would turn thousands upon thousands. I would like to turn the tide. I would like to turn it around so that there are more living than there are dead walking around in this city. How about you? Can I get an Amen. like to see more living in this city i know it can happen and i because god wants to save he wants to save so much look at what he did on the cross look at that thief sitting there on the cross as he's hanging on the cross there he was condemned to die he was as close to death as he would ever be but he saw in the glimpse of his guilt in the glimpse of his condemnation he saw in the 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 moments before he would die he saw the light of christ in the eyes of the one beside of him jesus didn't look very much like a king they're hanging on the cross but he saw something in him that he believed in and he called out lord And the moment he did, Jesus saved him Hanging on the cross in the middle of his bad choices And all of his sin How many of you know God is looking to save If the church will get out of the way Am I alright? I feel like I need to run out the side door when this is over God is trying to save folks There's too many good old Boys and girls in church that are standing in the way. We judge people and condemn people. We leave them out. We put walls between us and them. And Jesus didn't do that. I'm telling you, the Lord is wanting to get a message across to the super religious. He's wanting to get a message across to people who think they've got it all figured out and that they own property on the holy hills of heaven already. I'm telling you, God wants us to understand. He is in the business of saving, seeking to save every lost man, woman, boy and girl walking the earth. And he wants us to get out of the way. Say, what do you mean? I love the Lord. I love, I love the Lord and I want to be part of what's happening. Then, then allow the Lord to work in you to get the message out to a lot of folks. Because I'm telling you as pastor, I know. I know more than you do. I know about super religious people who are standing in the way. I know about people, someone comes to the altar and about half a crowd on a Sunday morning in this very church would sit back going, hmm, well, give them a day or two. Well, they've been there before. I wonder if it'll stick this time. God help us. God would rather have a backslidden sinner in the altar repenting every Sunday morning than a backslidden sinner on his way to hell. Did you hear what I just said? God, he would much rather you get down here in the altar every Sunday and have to repent over and over and over again. God will take that. God will do that. If God will save a thief on the cross, he'll take somebody who's sorry on Sunday morning. If we will just get out of the way and stop standing between them and the mercy and the grace of God Almighty, we'll have a revival in this city like we have never seen before. Do you believe it? Say amen. I need a lot of amens right now because I'm like running to run. God is trying to save people, He's trying to help people, He's trying to redeem people. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch! A wretch! Not some good little cutie pie who just came in and oh, you know they're ready Debbie wants to save the meanest baddest lionest if I can use that word he's trying to save people I said the Lord is trying to save people A healthy church is about seeking out those who are lost, and we're about getting out of the way. And if you're standing in the way of people who need to find Jesus, would you keep your mouth shut and hide yourself somewhere? If you're one of these people standing in the way, if you're one of these people that's got a judgmental comment, and you got a negative comment, and you're standing between somebody and them finding Jesus, would you please do me a favor and get out of the way? your sorry attitude and your bad attitude and you go on down the other street there's a plenty of churches that'll take you just like you are you know why I is that all right and I want you to hear me this morning because I know many of you You're broken in your spirit and you are broken in your heart and you love God with everything in you. Please understand, I am not talking to you today, but I hope that you have a discernment in your spirit to know this is a message that must get out to the church at large. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is a message that must get out to the church at large because there are a lot of people that stand in judgment and condemnation over the sinners of this world so that we can't hardly feel welcome in here. There are a lot of sinners who won't step in this church this morning because they don't feel welcome here because they'll be looked down on, because they'll be condemned before they ever step in the door. I want this church filled full of people who need Jesus. I want the lost to feel that if they're looking for an answer, they can find him right here. This is a hospital this is not a country club this is a hospital it's not a country club it's not a place for you to just have your little holiness fit and you and Jesus have a really good time and you guys can go home this is a hospital that means we need doctors and nurses We need attendants and we need servants. We need people who will roll up their sleeves and quit looking down on everybody and start serving a bunch of folks who need healed up in their hearts. I feel the spirit of the Lord this morning. The Lord is one step ahead of you. You know how bad he's trying and I'm gonna, I got seven minutes. (laughs) Let me tell you what happened when the Lord started working with me all week and I was thinking about the people that need to be saved. I was thinking, it's all I thought about all week long, how my message is gonna be different and that God is literally one step ahead of sinners. He's looking to save people. He wants to cause people, he wants every, the hardest cases you can think of Karen, God wants to save them. He's trying to save them and he ain't worried about it. All He knows is if He can just get His love across to them, if He can just penetrate the darkness in their life, He knows that they want Him, they want answers, they want freedom. People want to be delivered. People want to go to heaven when they know His love. I preached at Celebrate Recovery this Monday night, and I walked in, and when I walked in, I, I, I had my message all prepared, and I was ready, and I, I was getting ready to preach to, to the, you know, the Celebrate Recovery crowd. I mean. We know right I mean these are the people that got hurts and habits and hang-ups it's the recovery program you know lock the doors everybody be careful we look down on people don't we sometimes And there was a rough crowd they were right, they were right from the street there's almost about a hundred people here Andrew they were they didn't they didn't dress exactly like I thought they might have for church they didn't look like they ought to look like I think they ought to look you know for church they looked different they looked like they were from the street they looked like they were rough they looked like they might punch you in the face if you say the wrong thing to them God gave me a message and I started to preach the message and before I got up I was sitting over here and the Lord spoke to me and said you're going to tell them the story of Nick Jordan is the young man that I prayed with on the side of the road years ago, who God directed my steps and ordered me at 11.30 at night. How many of you heard the story before? Let me hear it. If you haven't heard it, just take me to lunch. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> I was laying on my couch, and the Lord told me to go get milk at 11.30 at night, and I was like, I'm not going to get milk, and long story short, I got up and got went to go get milk. I was going to go to Marshall's right around the corner, and the Lord said, "No, go to Myers in Middletown." So I went, got on the highway, went all the way to Myers, came back up Myers. As I was coming off the exit, a car was turning six times over end over end, smashed right in front of me. Something went flying out in the yard, and two boys, bloody and beaten down, were in the back of that vehicle. I pulled them out of the car, set them down, called 911, calling their parents. And one of them cries out and says, "Where's Nick?" i said nick who's nick there was nobody else in the car he said nick nick was with us next thing i know i'm tracing through the grass and i'm looking for a young man i found him bleeding all over the place in the grass scary covered with blood trembling and shaking and i put my hand on him and he stopped shaking and i got down next to him and i said nick my name is ray i'm here you're going to be okay we've called we've called 911 and he's trying to say something to me and i couldn't figure it out and i just said just rest Put my hand on him, and he stopped shaking. Next thing I know, the Lord speaks to my heart, and he says, pray this in his prayer with him. This is his last moments. This is it. And I got down in his ear, and I said, Nick, I'm a youth pastor. I said, you're hurt really bad. You need to pray this prayer with me. And I prayed a prayer, and I said, Jesus, and he kept trying to say it with me, and I said, help me. I need you. I didn't go into a theological dissertation with him. He was so covered in blood, I had to pull his face away so he could breathe. But I said, Jesus, I need you, help me, and I saw him mumbling those words, trying to say them with me, and he was just shaking, and I put my hand back on his shoulder, and he stopped, and I waited until the fire trucks and the ambulances, and the next thing you know, a helicopter is landing on the highway, and they risk him off to Miami Valley Hospital Trauma Center, where he passed away. A Few days later, get a phone call from a lady. She says, hi, my name is Beverly. She goes, are you Ray Phillips? I said, yes. I said, how can I help you? She said, I am Nick's mother. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She said, I have a question for you. She goes, I'm leaving the cemetery right now. She said, I have a question. I said, yes, ma'am. He said did you pray with my son i said yes i did she started crying she said you're my angel he said you're my prayer answered she said i moved to arizona six months ago i raised up my son in church he was there every day of his life i raised him up to know the truth and know the way i moved away six months And in that six months, my boy has gotten in with all the wrong crowd and he's been going to all the bad places and he's not been doing right. She goes, I've been praying for him every day. She goes, but I prayed something. I said, God, if my boy ever gets in trouble, you know I've raised him to know you. I've raised him Lord to know your faith and to know belief in you. She said, if he ever gets in trouble, will you send an angel? Will you send someone to him? Send someone to my boy. She said, I prayed it every day. She goes, I've been praying it all these months. She goes, you're the answer to my prayer. I said, ma'am, I prayed the sinner's prayer with your boy, and he tried to pray it with me, and she just lost it on the other end of the phone. And I said, you will see your boy again. You'll see him in heaven. Well, I told this story to celebrate recovery. I had already preached the message. I was already had him standing. I was given the altar call, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and I didn't ever tell him the story of Nick, and I wasn't going to. I decided it wouldn't fit, and I didn't have time. I was watching the clock and I was making sure I had enough time. So I was getting ready to close the service. And the Lord spoke to me, Pat, and he said, I told you to tell them the story about Nick. And I looked over at Linda Ingham, who's the pastor of Celebrate Recovery, and I said, Linda, I'm sorry. I have to take five more minutes. I have to tell this about Nick. And I told him the story I just told you. And I noticed two a man and a woman in the back, and they were broken and weeping. As I was telling the story, 10 people got saved in that service. And as good as that was, that couple came down to me and the man looked at me, Mildred. He said, you don't know me. He said, this is my first time here tonight. He said, we're in trouble. and We're trying to get help for ourselves. He said, we've got to get free. He said, those two boys in the car, they're my best friends. He said, I work with one of the boys. He said, I work with him every day. He said, I came here looking for Jesus. He said, and you told that story. He said, you had no idea they were my best friends. He said, I got saved tonight. He said, my whole life will never be the same again. He said, God has shown me his love tonight and I am going to be totally free and I'm going to give my life to the Lord for the rest of my life. Tonight has totally transformed and changed me. I stepped back and I said, now I know why you were telling me I had to tell that story. Will follow. I'll tell every story you want me to tell. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I'll do whatever I can. Stand with me. I had no idea when I walked in that night, Monday night, I had no idea that God was going to use that story because of the people who were a part of that story, who knew that story. He started sharing with me how. One of the young men had been, had been so beaten down and so depressed and, and had, had, had spent years now. It's been over 10 years that happened. Why would I tell a story from 10 years ago? Why would I bring that up in the middle of a service? I didn't have time for it. But Sister Linda, God had a plan and a purpose. Do you realize what I'm saying? God is outlining a plan and a purpose to win the lost. He's looking to cause dead people to be alive. He's looking to put life in every heart and life that is looking for an answer in their life. He's looking for us. He is sending answers everywhere. If we will just listen, God is trying to establish in us a, a wonderful love. For the lost, He's trying to get a message across to us that He wants to use us as a church. He wants to anoint us as a lighthouse. He wants us to be a place where people can find the supernatural love of God. God is trying to send the message that He loves all people, He wants to save them. He outlines a destiny and a plan and a purpose for each one. He loves you this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. He loves you loves everything about you he made you he wants to set you free he's been working in your life he's one step ahead of you he's not the god that wants to condemn you he's not the god that wants to throw you in hell he's not the god that is mad at you he's a god who wants to redeem you and has went through a lot of work to bring that redemption to your life he wants you to trust him he wants you to look up Into his love this morning and realize his mercy is running to you. He loves you this morning. If you're here today and you need things right with the Lord, would you just slip up your hand and write back down and we are going to pray with you today. Is there anyone at all in this house? I need him today, Pastor. I don't want to leave here without him. Are you here? I need you, Jesus. All right. Then that only tells me one thing: it's it's about us, church, being empowered with a vision and to understand the burden of what God has given us as a responsibility. We are to seek the lost and to be a light. We are to be empowered to get the message of love to every heart and every life. God wants to bless us today. He wants to empower us, use us. As he spoke to us to us in, in the early part of the service. He's trying to establish us in power. He wants us to be a light and a witness to the lost. God is trying to save people. That's a healthy church. A healthy church. Would you write where you are, submit and dedicate yourself, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. In the name of Jesus today, God, we ask your work to be accomplished and done in our hearts and in our lives. Our pastors are coming into the altar, and as they do, they're here. If you need special anointing and prayer today, please, you can make your way to the altar at this time. I want you to feel that like you can be prayed for today. But God, I ask you to touch our church and minister strength to your people. I pray that, Lord, you will minister to us as a congregation to get our eyes off of the circumstances and the things around us and to once again love the lost. Lord, as lost as they can be, they're lost and they act lost, but God, let us be love for them. Let us be love, reaching in, and Lord, use us for a great revival in the city to cause the statistics to turn around that there would be more living in this city than there are walking around dead. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things and pray, establish us, grow us, help us today, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you again. If you'd like special prayer, please make your way into the altar now. God bless you.